Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey, good afternoon or good evening, depending on when you're listening in. This is the COB. It is the 12th of January. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Mr. David Scott. Scotty, how are you today? I'm ecstatic to be here, Nadine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, look, it ended up being a bit of a fizzle out there in local equities. Um, I suppose no big surprise. We did see the Dow and the S&P and the Nasdaq particularly uh, falling in the U.S., falling away from those record highs that they ended at last week. Um, but, you know, early in the session, things were looking A-OK. Yes, that's the other saying. I think uh, the retail buys the open and uh, institutions uh, know buy the close or sell the close, it looks like, on this matter. But it was a bit of a wishy-washy session. I think I described it as a Monday on air. Just had like, no real rhyme or reason. And it is still early January. We've got to keep that into consideration. We know the markets run very hard. We also have U.S. earnings season starting at the end of this week as well. So plenty of uncertainties out there, and we know that a lot of good news is priced in. A lot of good news is priced in. Um, hey, listen, the large cap losers, Polynovo, down by 13%. Disappointing sales in October and November primarily behind that. Oz Minerals was down as well. Uh, no big surprise, we did see copper prices hit pretty hard. And um, on the other flip side of things... I think it's pretty interesting, a continuation of the theme that we were chatting with Martin Crabb about to end the session on air, at least uh, ARB and Super Retail uh, doing really well, um, up by close to 6% a piece. It's again, it's this, um, well, our conversation with Belinda Allen from CBA, people are spending on goods. It's evidenced in that spending data that they're getting through. Um, and no big surprise, really, as to why. Yeah, we don't have much uh, choice when it comes to where you can spend your money these days. And uh, I do question, though, what some of these trends, though. There's a few things that are in my mind when it comes to these retailers. Uh, first is, I know, how much of this is bring forward of, I know, spend that would have occurred in the future, leaving like a, an air pocket as such, maybe in FY22 and beyond. So that's a question mark as well. Another thing that a lot of people talk to is the, uh, the, the amount of excess savings that are sitting in savings accounts around the world. Now, there's no doubt that it's like we're talking absolutely in excess of like no here in australia alone more than 100 billion more than what was otherwise be the case but i'm starting to go and question whether that money is being held by households that are likely to go and spend it or is it going to be held by high income households that potentially may just be holding off uh, waiting to go and do something until the time arises if that's the case maybe these tailwinds for spending might not go and persist for as long as markets are currently expecting well um 
what we've had, though, is a whole bunch, a raft of um, expectations being being finessed from these big retailers. And I think the list is getting quite long. Uh, Shaver Shop, Dusk, Accent Group, Adairs, Beacon Lighting, Nick Scally. Um, and then Super Retail was up on the back of a broker upgrade. So, yeah, just an interesting space of the market to continue to watch. Um, what else were we watching today? I think we'll dive right into it. Let's get to our... Well, here's a twist. It wasn't our stock of the day. It was, well, I've said it before. What (laughs) exactly is it? Is it a digital currency? Is it a store of value? Is it a protection against inflation? What exactly is our topic of the day, Bitcoin? We spoke with Howard Coleman from Team Invest and Gary Glover from Novus Capital to get their take on Bitcoin. My presumption, uh, when when it sort of first had its first big bubble, went to 20,000 there. I just figured this is just another another tulip mania, another another bubble there. From what I've seen technically here, it's gone into like a vertical trend, like a blow off move, which uh-huh. means normally when they end, they end with a bit of a bang and they normally come back to where the last acceleration point started. And that's sort of, we're looking back to around 17,500. So if so I was, a bit more downside on yeah. technical so, so if I was sort of looking at buying Bitcoin, which I'm not personally, I wouldn't recommend it to clients to do, but the chart tells me that it could come all the way back to seven and a half. So I, I definitely would not be buying that asset here. There are two kinds of bubbles that one tends to get uh, in the world over time. The one is the completely illogical bubble like the dot-com boom where companies that made no money had share prices that kept going up because lots of eyeballs was watching them. And then the slightly more logical bubbles where there's a limited supply. Bitcoin's one of those limited supply bubbles. In other words, there can only be so many Bitcoins created and hence as demand goes up, the value of the Bitcoin will go up as opposed to paper money, which they can print more of any time they like. But usually when the bubble has reached the point that the price is so high, they're going to be a hell of a lot more losers than winners. So um, at this point in time, it's probably not very smart to be doing the betting. Well, I can't say that I am shocked to hear that Bitcoin is not going to be in, so to speak, the Ausbiz portfolio. Scotty, you? Oh, look, everyone knows my views about cryptocurrency space. It's, uh, it, it can't be classified as a safe haven. Nothing that's a safe haven falls 22% from peak to trough in about the space of five hours, what we saw last night. And as a, an exchange, uh, a medium exchange, hmm, I haven't really seen like you no know, rolled out around the, uh, the world in any great, uh, great stretch over the recent years. So I'm questioned about that. But you asked what it is. Uh, it's something to be avoided, according to the two experts there. Well, a top UK regulator is saying that crypto investors should be prepared to lose all their money. Yes, we continue to talk about the institutions getting into Bitcoin in a more significant way. And that is part and parcel, we're told, why we're seeing the price rise, why we're seeing this asset class being validated. But you've got to take as well that, um, and I don't think it's just yours. I mean, th- there is a lot of retail enthusiasm for Bitcoin. We see it. We see it around us each and every day. So when, if this is a bubble being burst, I mean, what are the sort of signals that market watchers that some of those, uh, well, investors or traders or new investors, whatever you'd like to call them, should be cognizant of? I'll be paying very close attention to not only Bitcoin, but uh, also Tesla. It's uh, the 
the performance of both of those particular securities since the lows back in March last year has been phenomenal. And I think it's you cannot dispute the role that retail has played in that performance. So if it led the retail trading frenzy and this huge rebound we've seen, at some point, unless you're a true believer that you think this uh, no parabolic moving can last forever, I'll be watching those two very, very closely for signs of fatigue and when profit-taking really sets in. Now, what happened with Bitcoin overnight? Even Tesla shares were down quite a lot. I don't think that's the kind of move I'm talking about. I'm talking about a sustained back-to-back big declines because that's going to give you a real sense that this is starting to unwind. And look... Uh, you can talk to me until you're blue in the face about how these fundamentals are backing it. And like, look, be honest, uh, investment banks, if there's a buck to be made, they'll be in it one way or another. If you want to go and keep an eye on what's going on with the retail sector and what's going on when it comes to that retail trading activity and potentially the names that are being helped by that, keep an eye on those two securities there. Speaking of um, securities, let's talk about some of the interviews that our listeners can access via the show notes. And one of them is with Michael Frazes. He's from Frazes Capital Partners. So he talks to us about how you avoid those biotech traps. I mean, it's a part of the market, medical sciences as well, that he's interested in. But there's a way to go about and do it. And also, if you listen to that, you'll get Michael's te- take on mesoblast, which, of course, uh, continues to capture imaginations. Had a pretty good um, trial result come through the other day. And I'm just checking in on how that share price finished the day. It was up by a further 1% adding to yesterday's, I think, 12 or 13 um, percentage point gain. But even even Mesoblast sort of started really strong today and waned as the day went on. So that's uh, Michael Frazis. We've also got a couple of small cap picks coming from Luke Larative. And uh, you had a chat with Cezil. Did um, the chat with Charlie Yochum, the CEO of Cezil, answer any of the questions that you, you still have overhanging the buy now, pay later space? Uh, not particularly. I asked him about uh, various things. So I want to go in with their warehousing facilities, which I think when last uh, last spoke to them, still about 900 basis points. So that's to go and you know, fund all these purchases through the retailers uh, where these, these, these sales are occurring. So that's one to go and keep an eye on because that's very, very expensive. And it gives you a sense as to maybe the risk that's been attached to the other uh, sector. Um, the other one, obviously, is the uh, the impact of, uh, of stimulus. You know, they operate in the United States, primarily also have operations in Canada. It's undisputed that the impact we've seen that. And he admitted that... Uh, sales have been helped by the, uh, the, the stimulus that's been rolled out. One to keep an eye on when it comes to not only this talk about the $2,000 stimulus checks potentially in the mail, but longer term prospects, what does it mean for the company if it's so reliant when it comes to these fiscal stimulus measures? Cecil shares having a good day up by 4%. So investors at least liking what they're hearing. Uh, look, there's a lot in, uh, not just the podcast today, but also the newsletter. If you don't sign up for the COB, it's uh, worth your while. Um, We have heard from a lot of Fed speakers since the start of the new year. Boy, that is um, a central bank. I don't know if there's ever a risk of over-communicating, but if it was, you know, your best friend, you might think that they were oversharing. But we heard from Bostick, Kaplan, through the overnight. Tapering. Tapering is being talked about. Now, this is in no way, I'm not insinuating that it's going to actually be happening this year or even next, but you do get the sense that they are just floating early, early, early days. You know, the reality that there will eventually be a taper, particularly if uh, inflation starts to rise. 
I'm sure you've got young children, Dean, so you've played musical chairs you know, at house parties and everything else. Oh, yeah. Trust me, what happens when the market's when it comes to trying to time this, when the Fed will go and allude to uh, no tapering of asset purchases, it's going to be like a game of musical chairs. And you always see a very violent reaction. You saw that in 2013. I don't suspect that with all these nuancing, all this you know, trying to go and make markets very attuned to what's going on, there's nothing quite like being told, hey, the other party's over. I hate leaving a party. Although nothing good happens after 12, does it, Scotty? Uh, Apparently it turns into a pumpkin in the carriage. (laughs) All right. So we will look forward to hearing from more U.S. Fed speakers. We get a U.S. JOLTS job report. It's for November, so very backward looking, but uh, puts more color on the table in terms of a potential double dip recession. We know what's happening with COVID there. Um, But, you know, the Biden administration perhaps coming to the rescue there in terms of that massive stimulus spend. We'll get the details on that come Thursday. Uh, ABS job vacancies for November coming out. Uh, feels a bit dated. It's for November. We did get the ANZ job ads read earlier this week, which was pretty strong. It looks like the jobs market is doing quite well here in Australia. So we'll be getting analysis on both of those uh, data points that are being released. Um, look, we've got uh, the MD of Real Energy tomorrow. We've got the CEO of New Hira. We've got the CEO of Freelancer. We've got the MD of Chalice Mining. So it sounds like, Scotty, it's going to be another fun day here at Ausbiz. Talking to those companies and the chief executive to get the pulse of what's, uh, what they're thinking about in 2021. So it'd be very interesting to see what their take is. Okay. And also, as always, we'll be uh, on Twitter checking out what's happening as this London um, market starts to open. We'll be watching Bitcoin. We'll be watching gold. And uh, we're gearing up for quarterly reports coming out in the US as well. So... What's happening? There will be. The uh, traditional uh, low-balling from analysts will be uh, no doubt a feature, but uh, we'll see how the market's going to react. We know that uh, if it's not an 80% beat rate, there's something wrong. So we'll see how the markets take the earnings outlook that does provide it. You know what I love? I love waking up in the morning and reading the first line in all of the market summaries to see what everybody puts down, either the selling or the buying. And I saw this morning, Scotty, um, that investors were starting to focus more on valuations. And that was perhaps one of the reasons why we saw the market fall. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I read things about why how now? Apparently, apparently now we're concerned about the pandemic. Well, yeah. It only took us 12 months to go and get there. But uh, look, uh, there's lots of narratives out there. We know that uh, a lot of it is driven by sentiment. So keep that in mind when you read those, uh, those articles out there. Having, I'm one of the people who used to go and write them. Yeah. It's all about, I know, realistically, a lot of these movements are just based on sentiment, not based on any events. But you know, of course, there are occasions where the markets can be moved and the Federal Reserve is one of those. Okay, so we are uh, looking forward to catching up with you. We are live on the live stream from 10 a.m. and you can catch up with all of the interviews we've done today via the website or the app. Scotty, I'll see you tomorrow. Sounds good. See you then.